what we do here is go back, 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 back. You are listening to the It's Not About You podcast by Felicia Baird. This is a lifestyle podcast where we talk all things business, self-love, spirituality, and how people are giving back to the communities around them and building them up all at the same time. Each week, we have real, raw, honest conversations with inspiring people who are doing really cool things, expanding us, growing us, and making us realize we're pretty friggin' amazing. And we have everything inside of us that we need to do really cool things too. I'm your host, Felicia Baird. Are you ready? Let's do this. Okay, we are here with Madison Fruitman. Madison and I work in the TV industry together. Thanks for being on with me. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, We've been talking about this for weeks, about her being on my podcast, and um, she's definitely someone that I go to when I'm feeling the the depths of life, and she helps me (laughs) pick apart my life. Um, So yeah, I thought that she'd be great to have on the podcast. Tell me about you. Yeah, I'm excited. I've never done a podcast before, Ooh, so this is... Podcast uh, virginity. Yeah, this is my podcast virginity. Very excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so um, tell everyone about who you are and what you're up to. Uh, we're both TV producers in the TV industry, which can be uh, kind of crazy, but also fun, um, all on its own. Um, so it's a different job. And then, um, yeah, you weren't... A yoga certified teacher when I met you, but you've always been spiritual and hippie-like and like just really calming to be around and probably why we get on so well. Um, so what made you get your yoga license? <laughs> I love that description of me, by the way. Yoga. Um, yeah, I have been practicing yoga since I was 17, um, before I was even in TV, obviously. Um, but I think, you know, I've always been a really anxious person. I've always had a lot of stress um, just surrounding me. And so I remember walking into a gym um, that offered a yoga class and I had never taken it before. And I took it and it kind of rocked my world in a way (laughs) that I just didn't expect. Um, I think, you know, for a lot of people, their first yoga class is physical. You get a stretch that makes you feel amazing, but you don't know that also that euphoric feeling came from this this quietness and this tap in with um, a little bit of spirituality and a little bit of uh, stillness with yourself that you don't get in everyday life. Um, So even as a 17 year old, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And um, I started going regularly. I started going to different studios, finding teachers that I really looked up to and enjoyed and learned from. Um, And then once I got into TV and through university and was a professional Um, adult yoga was my grounding force that I never gave up like I was Mm -hmm. never really even able to go a week without a class or some kind of practice Um, and so yeah it really became the yin to my yang of (laughs) life yeah (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah yeah um and then yeah and then the the reason I ended up teaching was I wanted honestly a vacation in Costa Rica yeah and I figured um, I'll do my teacher training there's a teacher out there that I really enjoyed and I wanted to learn from 
and I did it just for the experience. I did not expect to teach ever, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a really intense teacher training over uh, a month and and I came back and I wanted to give it a try and it became a part of my life without me even realizing yeah yeah because you're in alignment um I discovered yoga when I was 23 and I think that that's kind of where our bond started I think we started talking about yoga and then you said you're going to Costa Rica and you're like come with me and then I didn't go (laughs) (laughs) next time yeah next time I'll go um but yeah it's just something that's always been a part of um, you like from 17 but as long as I've known you but then I got into it at 23 and there is this euphoric feeling with it and I remember I became hooked and like when I'm in it I'm in it and I'll go like once a day sometimes twice a day like especially if I'm in between contracts um, and I definitely fell in love with the spiritual side of yoga um, so how do you how do you combat that then in your combat that combat that in your everyday life then I guess um for anyone who's who does feel like you know the world kind of gets a bit crazy sometimes like how do you incorporate yoga into your life yeah I I do not think it's a coincidence that western culture has grabbed on to yoga meditation mindfulness the way that it has Mm -hmm. um because we have we've bred a culture that is obsessed and overvalues doing um, and you know you're measured by what you do how much money you make um, first thing you ask people is what do you do I know, know that's I what everyone that. wants to know I want to like break that barrier for sure yeah so um, so there's a reason why people are looking for this outlet this way to not only stretch the body and move the body in you know ways that we don't in everyday life but also have this space in this community of um, of stillness, of quietness, of breath work, mm-hmm. of reconnecting, um, and of kind of shutting out the chaotic world that most of us live in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know going to a yoga class, amazing first step. If you've never been to a yoga class, um, don't be intimidated. You know, yeah, it could be intimidating. Of course, there like my are... mom, like that was one of her first yoga classes. I made her go with me at twenty three because I was intimidated, but I think she needed me there just as much as I needed her because she's like, I've never been to a yoga class, and she was like fifty. Well, no, she's like forty, but still. <laughs> don't make her older than yeah, she right? is. Sorry, mom. You're <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think there are elements that are very intimidating. There's studios that are intimidating. Mm-hmm. There are teachers and classes um, that are you know, just like all Western things, we've made it different levels. Yeah. Um, and, you know, vinyasa level three or four, and we've created <clears throat> this hierarchy, which should not exist in my opinion. But, um, but no, find a basic yoga class, uh, find a studio that you resonate with, a teacher that you resonate with, and practice. Even if you don't want to go to a studio, find something online. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the the outlet of being guided in some way. Um, I think that's what a lot of people don't realize that they're drawn to. Mm-hmm. It's like someone telling them what to do so that their mind can turn off and they can kind of give this trust over to this teacher who's guiding them physically, they're guiding their breath, they're guiding their mind. Mm-hmm. And for that 60 minutes or however long, you have been able to 
shut everything off. Literally zone out. I didn't think of it that way. I mean, I know that I need to go to a class. I signed up for Yoga Glow on TV, which is amazing. I had like over like over like a hundred thousand different yoga classes, and it was so great. But I need the accountability. Like I need to be in a room where I can't just leave whenever I want. Like I will do a yoga pose on the <clears throat> TV, and then I'll be like. Oh, my phone's ringing. I'm just going to get up and answer that. Like, I don't, like, yeah. zone out as much as I can. And, like, if I don't have the accountability to be like, no, you can't actually leave the room, um, then I won't get it done. Like, I'll do, like, it's the same as me going to the gym and working out for six minutes and then leaving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I don't need to be here. <laughs> yeah. No, that's for sure part of it, right? We, you know, put your phone in a locker for the hour. Yeah. You can't look at it. Um, put everything out. It is this idea of metaphorically and actually physically yeah. putting things away, physically being in a space, and you are present. You know, getting there is half the battle. It's half the battle. And, like, I mean, <clears throat> it smells better than my house. Like, it's, it smells <laughs> like a spa in there. Um, they try. They yeah. try to create that. Yeah. And you do. Well, you always just smell like a spa to me. <laughs> That's the oh. nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, one of the things that I love about Madison is when, like, the first time we were going out, we were getting ready at your house, and I went to go spray perfume. She's like, get out of my house. Like, don't spray that in the house. And I had to, like, go into the hallway at the in the apartment building. <laughs> it's really potent. <laughs> She's like, I can't have that in my house. <laughs> okay, sorry. And ever since, you've just been using essential oil. I know you got me hooked on, <laughs> hooked on that. What was the what was it that we went and got from the Kensington Market? Yours is like, oh, I can't give that secret away. Yeah, but what's your what's it called? No, we can't give it away. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, mine was like lick me or something. I it dropped it. Lick it was lick me. Yeah. It was lick me all over. Lick me all over. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I dropped it on the ground. I was devastated because I loved that stuff. And I'm intimidated to go back to get it. <laughs> so next time you go. To the strange uh, man in the yeah. back of the <laughs> He's like, smell this. Shop. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is your smell. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love it. And he's like, $10. Oh, wait. No, he gave it to me for free. Remember? He might have. Yeah. He's yeah. like, you just take it. He likes pretty girls. I'll be yeah. honest. Oh. Go to Kensington. That's find the That's the nicest man. thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Um, okay, so I asked everyone this on my podcast. What was your, have you ever had like a rock bottom moment, uh, I guess with you, you're more spiritually connected, like spiritually or emotionally that you're like, I have to change this. And then was yoga your outlet in that sense? Deep. We're going deep. Yeah. We just really jumped into this. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're 10 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah. Free game. <laughs> um, rock bottom. I think. You know, I, I don't know if I've had like a rock bottom where I have felt completely hopeless. Mm-hmm. I think I've always um, in hard times had like a beaker of light that I could grasp yeah. to. You're really positive. I've trained myself to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think, you know, through my life, ups and downs have happened, obviously. Um, and I've just learned from the patterns and just always told myself that this is, you know, this too shall pass. And, you know, it's only so long until the next up happens Mm -hmm. same when you're on that high to be like don't get too used to this be really grateful and aware but then also keep yourself grounded so you don't get carried away with it um but no I've had I mean of course I've had some really tough times especially in in winter I'm really affected um seasonally by the lack of light by the cold Mm -hmm. um by the forced hibernation um and so I have found that in the winter months, I have to do more yoga. Even if I can't get to a studio, I do a home practice. Um, I meditate a lot more. I try to embrace the stillness that's happening with nature and, and kind of 
use that mm-hmm. in the stillness in me and, and hibernate in a, in a way. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always been my outlet. And I have to say, um, more than practicing, teaching has been the most healing for me. Yeah. I mean, it comes really naturally to you. I always feel so calm in your class. Um, why do you think that that is for you? I think that, um, turning off your mind in a class can happen, but it's tough sometimes as a student, Mm -hmm. but when you're teaching, you like actually have to turn off your mind because you are so focused on the the cueing and the energy and the pacing of the class mm-hmm. um, and you know looking out at what people are doing what people's energy levels are where you need to take the class it's it requires a lot of presence um, which you know you don't get in everyday life I don't have to be that present mm-hmm. in most life so after I teach I usually feel the most the most present the most yeah um, grounded and yeah. healed it is healing Mm-hmm. And like I've been with you since the beginning um, of your of your teaching, um, and what I have to say, what I love about you the most is that you're so compassionate towards yourself. Like if you like, you're just you're the first one to just laugh it off if you screw up. You don't take it too personally. Like not screw up, not that you screwed up teaching, but like you know what I mean. Like if you mess something up or whatever, like oh, of course I do. Everyone yeah. screws up. Yeah, but you're just like so much more compassionate about it. Like you're just like whatever, like it's fine, um, or you don't even recognize it um, or or point it out, which which I love. It's tough. Yeah. Um, I I think that too many people I come off as very confident, calm, and um, yeah, compassionate. Mm-hmm. But I I will say that I in in myself, I actually see myself as a very anxious, um, hard on myself person. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I think the mask you put on to show the world who you want them to see is very different than you know the struggles that I sit down with when I meditate and and you know those things that I'm working through. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, you said that you have practices that you've been working on um that help you get out of you know your negative mindset what what are some of those practices that you use if you don't mind saying yeah yeah of course um i i do journal a lot it's Mm -hmm. not not necessarily yoga or meditation but it's in the same realm of self-care i know you're obviously really big in journaling and self-care actually some of the things that you've brought me to uh workshops and whatnot that have been around journaling um helped me even implement that more into my life yeah Cool. And so, yeah. We need each other. Yeah. It's a give and take. (laughs) Um, So definitely journaling thoughts. Um, I do a lot of reality checks with myself. So if I am getting overly anxious, which happens quite a bit, um, I do sit down and I'm able to, it's not clear your mind. I think everyone thinks that meditation is like this goal of clearing your mind. Mm -hmm. It's not. Yeah. It's a goal of learning your thought patterns and instead of letting your mind take over, you get to gain back some of that control by calming yourself down, by breathing slower, that calms your nervous system, that tells your, you know, yourself that you're safe, your fight or flight mode gets to turn off for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um so those techniques of just sitting down, breathing, feeling the beat of my heart, feeling the rise and fall of my belly. Um, telling myself a mantra of, you know, inhale, I am, exhale, love, repeating that for 10, 20 rounds, whatever it may be, whatever I need, um, just brings me back to my base. Mm-hmm. And then 
once you come out of it, of course, you can deal with whatever the issue is that you're anxious about, but from a different perspective. Yeah, for sure. Do you do it at work? I do. Yeah. yeah. If I have to, I will. I mean, I'll probably go to the bathroom. I will close my eyes <laughs> and touch my belly and heart. Madison. Although, why uh, not? Madison. Why don't we do that? <laughs> the next time you're overwhelmed in front of your boss, I think you just close your eyes, touch your belly and your heart, and just take a few breaths and don't even worry about their reaction. Yeah. And you start breathing like, I am. Exhale. Love. Yeah. Exhale, love. <laughs> yeah. Just say it aloud. <laughs> But your words don't affect me. I am love. <laughs> that actually would be amazing. And if I was the boss, I'd be like, yeah, man, do your thing. Yeah, you know away. what? I'm going to leave the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take this time. <laughs> yeah. But no, like you can take a walk. You can go to the bathroom. Yeah, you sure. can do whatever, whatever space makes you feel safe enough to do that. But mm-hmm. yeah, do it at work. Do it at your parents' house when you are having a weird meltdown with your mom or dad and you need to step away from that. <laughs> You know, your partner, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, Mine at my parents' house is usually, can I use your bathtub? (laughs) There you go. I don't have one anymore. Uh, That's right. That's why you visit them, (laughs) right? It's literally the only reason why. (laughs) Just kidding, Mom. We love you. It's the second time I've listened to, uh, like, I've shouted out my mom. People are going to think only my mom listens to my podcast. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this episode. Yeah. Like, support me in Madison. Um, Okay, cool. And so with those... Um, steps then and then bringing it more into the physical I don't know how do you think that the uh, I'm going to cut this part out obviously Uh, so many people say and then they leave it in just to add character yeah should I (laughs) maybe I will you don't know I always hear podcasts be like I'm going to cut this out then they never do obviously it's just like you have to say it once during the episode yeah (laughs) I've never said it, so... This is your moment. This is my moment. Guys, I'm cutting this out, <laughs> a.k.a. I'm not cutting this out, because I'm real and raw. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think we've already spoken about how, uh, like, more physical, like, how can we, or we can go more into physical... You want to talk about, like, the physical yoga and how that um, is needed in our culture, or why... Yeah, like, why do you think yoga is important? Like, do, why do you think everyone should do yoga? Yeah. Can you, wait, can you tell who's, who's a yogi and who's not when you meet them? So it's such a complicated question because we've put a weird label on yoga and yogi. I think when people think yoga, oh, that's a fire alarm. Yeah, someone, <laughs> someone can't cook. Yeah. <laughs> when, I think when people think yoga, they think the physical practice. They think of you in a class, doing a warrior pose, um, you know, getting all the muscle engagement and, and all that stuff. That's not what yoga is. Mm-hmm. Um, yoga, historically, and I hope I have this correct, just for <laughs> everyone who's going to Google this, um, historically, way back when, like, Buddhist monks were sitting and meditating. Meditation was yoga, mm-hmm. being with the breath. Um, and then they've realized that, you know, their hips were sore and their legs were cramping and their shoulders were tight. And so they started to develop a physical practice ah. only so that they could sit and meditate longer. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So that physical practice is what um, is well known as yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, to yoke, yoga is to sit and breathe. So as long as you're breathing, you're doing yoga. As long as you're aware of your breath, you're doing yoga. Even if you're lifting your arm up on the inhale and bringing it down on the exhale, that's yoga. Wow. So I think we... do a lot of yoga. Yeah, yeah. We do yoga constantly. We just don't know it. (laughs) Um... So I think a lot of emphasis have been put on the physical practice 
And I think the Western culture and people, you know, in North America especially, have been so attracted to that because, I mean, it's it's amazing for you. The benefits of this physical practice have been scientifically proven. Mm-hmm. Um, we sit all day, usually at a desk, in a car. We walk around and we don't, you know, we don't twist our spine. We don't side bend and open our ribs. We don't stretch our neck. Um, so yoga has allowed us to get into these physical stretches, these physical movements that are so beneficial and that do make us feel better. Mm-hmm. So that's one side of the physical practice. Um, but as far as being a yogi and doing yoga, I'm going to get back to your question, I promise. Um, <laughs> all of that, all that means is someone who is in touch with their breath and who is mindful of their movements, actions, breath, presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so can I tell if someone's a yogi? Yeah, my biggest telltale sign is when somebody takes breaks in class, respects their body, when they're breathing, when maybe the expression on their face is a little bit softer or when it gets more intense, they have the mindfulness and awareness to soften it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, when they listen to my cues that are so specific and small, I know that they're in the room, people are ignoring it, I can tell that they're somewhere else, which is fine, of yeah. course. Um, but those are the signs to me of a more practiced yogi, a more advanced student, if you will, is someone who is a little bit more gentle with themselves and more aware of what they actually need in that moment. Hmm. What about like when you're meeting someone for the first time? Oh, like outside of a class? I don't know. I don't know if I can tell if they're a yogi unless they talk about it. I can tell if somebody's spiritual. Yeah. I can tell if somebody's in touch with, you know, their their own higher self or their own like intuition and that kind of stuff. I get a lot of um, vibes and and that from people, but whether or not they practice yoga, I'm doing quote air yeah, signs. Yeah, you, you can't see right you now. But she's me, quoting, <laughs> but I'm uh, doing the bunny ears. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, that they'll have to tell me. Yeah. I'm not a mind reader. I'm working on it though. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. That's the next step of yogi. You can just read everyone's mind. Yeah. Well, I guess like, yeah, that's what I meant. Can you feel people's energy easily? Is that, because I feel like I can. Like if, if someone's like, if someone comes up to me and they're uptight or sad or something like that, like I can instantly feel it literally the minute they walk in the room and then I'm always like, oh good, like what's going on there? Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, that's your intuition even Mm -hmm. more than it is their energy. It's like you're in tune with how the people around you are feeling, um, whether it be body language, Mm -hmm. facial expressions, actual energy that they're putting out. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, for sure, I can can tune into that. I like to think I'm pretty intuitive, um, and sometimes people aren't in touch with it at all, that they don't even know that they're putting out that energy, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, Yeah. Yeah, but it's powerful. It's it's pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Being intuitive. Being intuitive and like being able to, you know, connect with someone on that level before you even connect with them verbally and mm-hmm. ask them how they're doing and be able to know when someone maybe needs a bit more space or does need you to be there and yeah, um, it's a good. I think it's a good quality to have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you do when someone? Is clearly not spiritual. Like I've so so someone at my work, um, she's getting like really bad headaches, and she's like doing everything she can to like stop it from happening. I'm assuming these migraines are very painful for her. 
and I know she's not spiritual. If you're listening to this, not going to name your name. Um, you know who you, you are. know who you are. <laughs> um, but I, she knows that I am like that, and I was just like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like seem too woo woo for you. Um, but have you thought about going to like a Reiki healer or like someone who can? Maybe it has something to do with built-up energy, like maybe your tense up there in like an, in an energy sense. And she was just like, well, I'm going to stick to modern medicine first. And I was like, no, yeah, totally, totally get it. Um, just thought maybe I'd throw it out there because that's not working for you <laughs> um, just yet. So do you ever like <laughs> feel like a little out of the realm sometimes when you mention spiritual stuff to people? Oh, for sure. Um, my partner is a doctor. <laughs> so He is modern medicine. He is modern medicine. I love him dearly. Um, sometimes we get into conversations where I, start to go on a tangent of like spirituality and how you can cure things just by the mind and and he'll be like no 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 you you need to see a doctor for that (laughs) that is a medical condition um you know I used to tell him I was like well if you you know if somebody has a diagnosis you don't tell them who knows if they may be able he's like no that is absolute bullshit part of my (laughs) French um so I I definitely uh understand that battle I also respect that battle and I'm not I'm never trying to preach any kind of spirituality that goes beyond um, anyone's com- like comfort level. Oh yeah, totally. I like, think it's not very often that I'll like say to someone, "I'm like, have you thought of this?" But then, yeah, it clearly wasn't working. So I just said, ha- "Maybe I'm just gonna." I'm, I know that you know I'm into this, so I'm just gonna throw it out there. But like, turn it down if you're not into it. Yeah, I mean, people who ask about it, of course, I'm gonna offer my mm-hmm. my thoughts and opinions, and yeah, of course, I'll offer it, even if you don't ask for it sometimes, just to feel it out. Um, but no, it's it's also, it's a tricky thing when I'm teaching too, because a lot of people who come into my classes are not looking for any kind of spirituality. They want a physical practice, and that's all they want. Mm-hmm. And I have to be able to offer them that too. Mm-hmm. And I just try to give tiny little spiritual drops wherever <laughs> I can. Just little moments oh, where... Sprinkles. Yeah, just sprinkle it in um, without, you know, without it being too much for people. Yeah. Because it can be. And I get it. Yeah. I know. I, I met someone on my trip in Thailand who was like, I love yoga, but I just, I can't get into the spiritual side of things. He was like seeing a yoga instructor and she kept doing like, um, and he's like, I, I wouldn't do it. And she's like, I'm not like, she like made him do it. And he's like, I'm not doing it. Like, and he's the only person in the class I wouldn't do it. And it was just really funny because I'm more into the spiritual side as I am as opposed to the physical side of yoga. So it was just funny where, to see where he was. Um, yeah, everyone is different. Yeah, we can do an alm at the end of this <gasps> and really just uh, rock people's world. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I was like, it's like I hated it at first, but it's it makes you feel so good doing it. I'll admit that when I started teaching, because um, my teacher was super spiritual um, and she was very into chanting, like the one that I learned from mm-hmm. when I took my training. Um, when I started teaching, I would do an alm at the end of every class. And I would say two people would join in with me. But I kept doing it, kept doing it. Now that I'm teaching in like studios and stuff, I don't do it anymore. And it hurts me and I want to. Why don't you do it? I feel like more people would be inclined to do it if you're in an actual studio. I do it sometimes, but I don't do it every time. Hmm. I think it, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's vulnerable, right? To make yeah. a sound out loud that doesn't make sense in our everyday life in front of strangers with your eyes closed like you know a lot of people do not want to do that yeah I compare it to a couple like years ago I remember it someone just said like just take a deep breath and that was something that I never normally did was just take a deep breath 
So I was like, okay, I'll take a deep breath. And it actually felt so good to do. Like, you're just like, wow, you just like feel like you're actually releasing so much stuff. Yeah. Um, that's how I compare it to like my first, when I gave the um like an actual try. Like yeah. before it'd be like, um, just because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're making noise. Um, but then when you actually do it, you're just like, oh my God, that was like the equivalent to taking a deep breath. I know. My, my small victory with it is when I have people sigh out their exhales. So instead of just doing a regular inhale, exhale, I'll be like, inhale, <sighs> yeah. let it go. Like, and I'll do it with them loud and still only, I think, three or four people do it. But man, do those people feel good. Because yeah. it is. It's this like, it's this release. It's this sound that you're able to make that, yeah, you know, it's, it's like animalistic. Like go under a waterfall and scream at the top of your lungs Tell me that doesn't feel good. Uh, Screaming a pillow. Yeah, something. it's primal. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um. So what would you say to the world who um, are living a little bit on autopilot right now and that aren't as in tuned? Yeah. With digging deeper into their emotions. I mean, aren't we all living on autopilot for so much of it? Oh yeah, gosh. totally. But I feel like there are like, there's a good handful of people that try to break it as much as they can throughout the day like that of are course. aware like I mean you have to be on autopilot today I walked to the wrong friggin' street because I thought my car was on that street and it wasn't because I was on <laughs> autopilot because all week I've been walking to that street and then I got there I was like where's my car oh yeah I didn't park it on the street today I had to walk all the way back around that's autopilot yeah yeah <laughs> that's kind of amazing though <laughs> it's like shit um yeah no I think that I mean that's what mindfulness is is pulling yourself out of autopilot um, is being able to, you know, you sit down to have a meal and you're eating that food and you're thinking about a thousand different things, you are not focusing on that food. Mm -hmm. You have a conversation with someone, you're waiting to talk or you're thinking about something else, you're not really um, engaged. So I think there's so many examples if we really looked at it through our day that we are majorly on autopilot. Yeah. Um, And that's really what this mindfulness, this yoga, this meditation, whatever you want to call it, is trying to combat. Mm-hmm. Um, it is trying to you know, carve out physical time in your day to do a practice, but ultimately learning skills on your mat that you can take off your mat, mm-hmm. that you can take with you at your desk or in your car when your mind's just rambling and things are happening, and you can pull yourself back and be like, wait, Take a breath, mm-hmm. notice where you are, feel the sensations, notice the sounds, go through all the things that you practiced in your last yoga class, and then you're present, and then you've pulled yourself out. And then, of course, you'll get pulled back into it, mm-hmm. and you do it again. You and do it again, again, and again. And that's, that's the practice. It's a practice. It's a practice. It is not. It's people... so true. Um, I interviewed this one guy on my podcast, and um, we were talking about like yeah being mindful and um the practice of journaling and being present and all of that stuff and he said it is a practice because no one wants to do that stuff when they're not feeling good um it it, it, but everyone is okay to do it when they're feeling good Mm -hmm. and he's like it's the practice of knowing to still do those hard journal questions um or have a conversation with someone when you aren't feeling up to doing it and I was like, wow, that's such a good way of putting it. Like, it is a practice. Yeah, and it's it's showing up for yourself. So, like, on a day where you don't feel great, when maybe your balance is off in your physical practice, when, you know, a pose that you could do yesterday now seems, like, really difficult and mm-hmm. inaccessible, 
um, instead of getting frustrated at yourself, just be like, okay, this is how I'm feeling today. I'm going to be with myself here and now. Maybe reflect on why something's changed. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all information. Mm -hmm. The physical body is information that is a reflection of what's going on mentally and physical. Oh, yeah. Sorry, mentally and emotionally. So, like, you know, if you are tense and your shoulders get really tight, it's not just because you sit at a computer. It's because that's where you hold your tension. Um, If it's hard for you to breathe through your belly, you only breathe through your chest. It's because you're a little bit more anxious. You're thinking about something. You're stressing about something. You're holding that breath higher. Yeah. So it's learning those patterns and practicing in the yoga class in a physical practice to try to undo some of it or at least notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Super important stuff. Um, and I've gone on a tangent. No. <laughs> All good. You had a point about something and I totally forgot what it was. Me too. (laughs) Uh, We were talking about... Oh, the physical body and yoga is... The physical body and yoga is so weird because there are times where like, especially when I go all the time, um, like, yeah, I'll just kill a day and it'd be so good. Or there's days where I... I can count on two, like two times where I've gone to a class and my body was just like, nope. Like, my mind was there. Like, I was up, ready, pre-workout, mixed, drank, like, ready to go for, like, a 9 a.m. class. And then my body couldn't do anything. Like, mm-hmm. but they were, like, normal day-to-day things that I, I do all the time in yoga. But I couldn't do it that day. And so I just, like, I was getting so frustrated with myself. So I just, like, laid down on my mat and just, like, went in Shavasana early. Um, That's and, amazing. Like, just realizing that you just have to, like, you're, you're just not, your body's not into it today. Yeah. And you have to kind of listen to that. Yeah, it is, you know, it's what you needed. You needed to take a long shavasana. You were still there. You were mm-hmm. still practicing. Yeah. Hopefully you were still breathing. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be here if you weren't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but your your body said no because something else was probably going on or maybe you were pushing it too hard. You were tired without mentally being aware of it. Your body was the one who had to tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, it's been interesting. And then the yoga teacher always comes up like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. Just not having it today. <laughs> yeah. They just check in to make sure you haven't, like, passed out. Yeah. And then as long as they know that, yeah. then... Hey, yeah. are you still breathing? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's great. You know, I think... We talk about autopilot in everyday life. I think there's autopilot in yoga classes. Mm-hmm. And I see people, you know, take that extra flow, that chaturanga, that they really think they should be doing when really their wrists hurt, their low back hurts... Um, you know, they don't feel strong enough, they're tired at that point of class, and they should just skip it. And I give them the option to skip it, um, but they do it because their autopilot brain says, nope, this is the part of the flow where I do this. Mm-hmm. Nope, this is what I always do. Mm-hmm. And that's when injury happens. Yeah. Um, and that's when you lose the point of the practice. Yeah, because, yeah, that's when you'll be like, Ugh, I don't want to do that anymore, it didn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we get into habits, and they're harder to break than we think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so before, I'm going to attach it at the end of this podcast, but we did a meditation, like a full body scan. Um, explain that to me, because you've never done that on me before. What is yeah, this? it was really weird to be recorded while I did yeah. it. <laughs> I made her put on headphones. She looked really cute. <laughs> Usually I'm pacing the floor and yeah. looking at everyone who's in. Um, no, it's it's my favorite guided meditation. And I think anyone who's new to meditation or 
intimidated by the idea of meditation, um, guided is the way to go Mm -hmm. because then you have that voice literally guiding you and you don't have to rely so much on your own brain to to keep you present, Mm -hmm. to keep you breathing. Um, So the meditation that we did is just a simple yoga nidra meditation, um, which is uh, a guided body scan. There's different types of yoga nidra. Mm-hmm. Some of them are body scans. Some of them are imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the idea of just letting your brain jump from one either image or part of the body to the next mm-hmm. without any effort on your part, listening to the sound of someone's voice. Um, and it's unique because you lie down. So normally when you meditate, you're usually seated. So you have this you know, wakefulness about you. But yoga nidra is meant for sleep. Um, mm. So it's it's actually like the ultimate relaxation. So it's like before bed, listen to that, let it relax you. And um, yeah, it's my favorite. It's my yeah. favorite one. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm probably going to listen to it now that I have the recording. Yeah. Before I edit it for you, I'm going to listen to it when I go to bed. Um, Perfect. <laughs> where did you learn it? Um, I actually learned it from another teacher of mine. She had done it first, and then I went and did my own research about it, um, and I started bringing it into my classes. I like doing guided breath work. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, a simple inhale for three counts, hold at the top, exhale for three counts, hold at the bottom, but keep going and my voice guiding you so that you can't check out as Mm -hmm. easily. and I've done chakra meditations and the imagery, which comes with the yoga nidra uh, meditations. And I like playing around with all those different ones. But the body scan is my favorite. Yeah. It's something that everyone can kind of latch on to and feel and connect with. And it's, yeah, it's really resonated with me and I think my students. Are you ever nervous when you, uh, when you give it a go for the first time? Only when I'm recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Only with headphones on in front no. of you. Um, no, I, I'm not nervous because it's, it's a pretty simple one. Yeah. It's a pretty like, you know, thumb to finger to finger mm-hmm. and moving along the body. So it seems like there's a goal. I don't have to pull from too many, uh, fancy ideas in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> in my brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, I'll be detaching the, uh, meditation at the back of this. Um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How do you find yoga helps you with self-love? Self-love. Um, Just because I want to bring it back to your whole... Your whole you're tying thing. it all together. I'm tying it all together. I don't think anyone's I mean, ever asked We me work in TV, yeah, so I'm just true. trying to bring the... <laughs> We're the investigative and curious by nature. Um, for me, that is why I fell in love with yoga. Um, I wasn't really in tune with the spiritual side of anything until I went to a class and someone did a guided meditation and really did a scan of the body, not in the way that you did. That was the first time I've ever felt that, but like it mostly like, you know, start with your feet and work your way up to like, and then, you know, the, the breathing and the breath work. Um, I think I've always longed for that in my life. Um, and because I didn't do a yoga class because I was so afraid and insecure and all that shit. Like, I felt like that stuff came with me later in life as well. Um, It was kind of like my outlet for that. So it's, I loved yoga, obviously. I'm huge on working out and like, that needs to be done to like make my mind feel happier. But I definitely fell in love love with yoga more for the self-love. Uh, aspect in the spiritual side and that's when I started diving deeper into 
the chakras and the and the like really learning the mind body connection and stuff like that as well as the physical like to me when i think of yoga it's more of a spiritual practice to me than physical um because that's just always what i've connected it with um obviously everyone wants a yoga bum and, and <laughs> it's real it's yeah real. It's, a, it's a real thing and um people who do yoga are like super strong and you're using muscles that you wouldn't use as when I'm just doing isolated weights and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's like a full body workout and it's hard. And um, yeah, that that's just where I've resonated it from. When, it, when I am feeling anxious or anything, I mean, I told you today that I was feeling anxious and that I haven't been to the gym in a while and that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Um, breath work always helps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guided meditations at night help me go to sleep guided meditations in the morning after I go to the gym because I'll fall back to sleep if I do it right away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that stuff brings me back for sure. Yeah. Cool. Was that a good answer? Did I, did I answer okay? Yeah, it's yeah. your answer. There's no right or wrong answer. It was, it was <laughs> My podcast, right. I can answer how I want. That's right. I accept your answer. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear. Um, actually, we heard a really funny meme today. We're going to read it to you because it made me laugh. I put it on my Instagram. Uh, if you're not following me, you should buy Felicia Baird um, on Instagram. But it was like, I know I'm a good white shark, but I don't feel great. They're two white sharks talking to each other. And he says, you're a great white shark, Kevin. He's like, thanks, dude. I just needed to hear that today. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, you guys are crazy. Sharks, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, cool. So got any last bit of tidbits and plug, plug away. Where can people find you? Plug away. Oh, this is such a new world I know. To me. Okay, so Madison just got Instagram, <laughs> and she doesn't understand, like, the, <laughs> the language. And truth be told, she literally just got it for yoga. So, like, we've just been, you know, working through that together. But she um, – so plugging away, like, put like put your Instagram handle in. Like, where can people find you if they're from Toronto listening to this? Like, where can they find your class? Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so you can now follow me on Instagram. <laughs> At uh, Madison, 1D1S, M A D I S O N, Fruitman, literally fruit man, um, yoga. Um, that's my handle, yeah, Madison yeah. Fruitman Yoga. And I teach in Toronto, I teach in the St. Clair and Young area at Pop Physique. And also, I run my own classes in the area, which are semi private and private. Um, and still affordable though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My goal is to make yoga as affordable as it can be. Well, you know, every other studio is charging $30. Like $40, yeah. Um, but yeah, I will also give Felicia can put up my email address and my phone number, and I'm very open to people contacting me and learning more. Okay, I probably won't put your phone number. Okay, don't put my phone number. <laughs> put my email. Yeah. I'm very open. Yeah, no, uh, I don't want your your phone number on, the, on the, in the internet, Madison. Um, but, like yeah. And then shoot her a DM if you want to be on her email list because that's where she keeps everyone in contact with what she's going, uh, putting on through the city. Yeah, different workshops, different classes, stuff like that. So would love to have you in a class. Yeah, and then um, enjoy this guided meditation by... Madison Freeman Yoga. Woo! Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> this is a guided meditation by Madison Fruitman. This is a Yoga Nidra guided meditation promoting restfulness and relaxation in the body 
with a guided body scan. Before you begin, just start in a comfortable reclined position. Close your eyes, settle the body. Listen to the sound of my voice, follow it as I name each part of your body one by one, bringing your attention to each individual point. And try to remain as conscious, as awake as you can. When your thoughts take over, simply come back to the sound of my voice. Let's begin. And so first, find a comfortable position on your back. Lie down if that feels best, on a bed, on the floor, on a yoga mat. And bring your legs further apart, take up some space around you. Arms can rest on belly or out to your side with the palms facing up. Support your head, let your neck be long, let your shoulders be really heavy. And just take a moment to settle in right where you are exactly as you are feeling in this moment, mentally, physically, emotionally. And this yoga nidra practice is meant to relax you. It's meant to be done before bed, before sleep or rest of some sort. And so the first thing I'll ask you to do is to become aware of your breath, your natural breath, without bringing any intention to your inhales or exhales. Just notice how it's flowing in through your nostrils, maybe out through your mouth or nostrils. Noticing how it rises in the belly, in the chest, in the throat or in the back. And on the exhale, notice how the chest falls, the belly. Maybe what softens. And take a couple natural breaths like that, just following those inhales and exhales. And ideally through this practice, you remain in a state of consciousness between wakefulness and sleeping. Trying to remain awake by listening to the sound of my voice. You'll be asked to move your awareness from various body parts and sensations. And try not to concentrate too intensely as this may prevent you from relaxing. Instead, just absorb what you need in the moment and leave the rest behind. And if or when the mind becomes distracted, just bring your thoughts back to your breath and your attention back to the sound of my voice. So as you lay still, getting a little bit heavier with the body, still noticing the breath, you'll bring your attention to your right hand thumb. And starting on the right side of the body, as I say the different parts of the body, just bring your attention there and follow as I name the next one and the next one. Right hand thumb, attention moves over to the second finger, third finger, 
fourth finger, fifth finger, right palm of the hand, back of the hand, right wrist, forearm, elbow, upper arm, shoulder, armpit, waist, right hip, thigh, knee, calf, ankle, heel, right sole of the foot, moving to the top of the right foot, right big toe, second toe, third toe, fourth toe, fifth toe, continuing to bring attention to each part of the body, moving over to the left hand, starting with the thumb, second finger, third finger, fourth finger, fifth finger, the whole palm of the left hand, the back of the left hand, the wrist, forearm, elbow, upper arm, shoulder, armpit, waist, hip, thigh, left knee, calf, ankle, heel, sole of the foot, top of the foot, left big toe, second toe, third toe, fourth toe, fifth toe. Notice if your mind has drifted, continue to listen to the sound of my voice. Now moving to the back of the body, starting with your right heel heavy on the ground, left heel, right calf, left calf, right thigh, left thigh, right sit bone, left sit bone, low back, middle back, upper back, the entire spine, right shoulder blade, left shoulder blade, back of the neck, back of the head, top of the head, moving to your forehead, over to your right temple, left temple, right ear, left ear, right eyebrow, left eyebrow, softening the space in between the eyebrows, right eye closed and heavy, left eye closed and heavy, 
right nostril, left nostril, right cheek, left cheek, soft upper lip, low lip, both lips together, maybe barely touching, chin, unclenched jaw, throat, right collarbone, left collarbone, right side of chest, left side of chest, upper abdomen, noticing the breath, navel, belly button, lower abdomen, right groin, left groin, the entire pelvic floor, bringing it together, feeling the weight of your whole right leg, your whole left leg, heavy your whole right arm, your whole left arm, the face, the whole head, the whole torso, the whole body. Notice the whole body, the whole body. Sit with this awareness for a couple of moments. Stay with your breath, with the sensations that came up. And then when you're ready, start to take a deeper inhale through the nose, fill the belly, the chest, the lungs. Maybe exhale through the mouth, let it go, get even heavier. Take one more cleansing breath like that in through the nose, fill up. Exhale, let it go. Keep the eyes closed, wiggle fingers and toes. Bring movement back to the body. Turn the head from left to right without opening the eyes. And before moving anymore, just notice how a practice of awareness, of mindfulness has left you feeling. Hopefully taking this restfulness with you into your evening and maybe even going right to bed from here. Moving slowly, taking any movements you need. You can roll over to one side, you can hug your knees into your chest. You can take a body stretch with arms overhead, legs away waiting until you're upright, seated, before blinking those eyes open, taking those last few moments to be as still and soft as you can be. And when you're ready, open the eyes. <laughs>